What's up, fam? Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 64. Like Mario. Wahoo! We are recording on September 9th, 2020, and I am one of your hosts, John Swanson. Joining me today is Chris Salty Sternum Stern. How's it going, man? I'm in a really interesting mood today. I'm really happy. I'm excited for this episode. I'm also sad because AJ yet again is stuck in this forest. I think technically he made it out of the forest, but he's lost in this void. That's kind of the buffer between the forest and the great Deku firewall. And I think he needs like a grappling hook or like some kind of like hook shot. And or the sand scepter. I found that a useful tool. Yeah. To raise him up out of the pit and help him climb this great, great. Wow. Well done, man. You ran with that one right on the fly. Good work. Well, I'm impressed. We all need to get out of the pits sometimes, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, AJ won't be joining us again this week. Hopefully next week he'll be feeling right as rain and back with us. But we shall see. For this week, though, you're stuck with Chris and I talking about the next gen again. I feel like this is going to be a topic for at least mm, two more months, two and a half more months. I think it's like gen. two months and one day from our recording nice. date of September 9th. Nice. For, yeah, Xbox. Anyway, we'll get there. And uh, Nintendo, uh, in as we've heard rumored numerous times this year, uh, announced the Mario's 35th anniversary. And I don't know about you, Chris, but much like my 35th birthday, it was just kind of like, what the fuck ever, man? I'm just getting older. Oh, uh, who I gives a shit? Disagree so much. I'm so <laughs> well. This. I'm glad you're stoked about it. But anyway, before we get to that, let's get through the lowdown. If you want to be part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, feel free to hit us up at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you don't use Twitter, you can send an email the old-fashioned way via podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Uh, if you don't want to do it that way and you want to go back even further, you could try Pony Express, but I'm not sure if it's operational, but it's probably more reliable than our current U.S. Postal Service, from what I've heard. Fewer delays. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and lastly, we have updated our website. Uh, I got one more update again because I just saw the Twitter thingy, but I'll get that up. But it's it's newer than it was like two weeks ago. So go check that out. If you get a chance, it's mostly normalgamers.com. It's constantly in flux. Yeah, exactly. Just like the cast of this podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, I've been here the whole time. The sturdy like a rock. <laughs> Something like that. We need to get the anyway. subtle knife and rip a portal to free AJ from this pit. Um, yeah, there you go. I also want to make sure everyone knows that hopefully on Monday... Everyone who's signed up for the mailing list will finally get something in their email inboxes. Yay. The first issue of Mostly Normal Monthly is like in heavy edits mode and will be sent out via the newsletter platform Substack. So if you get an email you weren't expecting, um, please be excited, as we like to say on the podcast, to do some some reading of our thoughts on some current events in video games. Yeah. Well, now that we're done with that part, what are you being playing, Chris? I've been playing some stuff that is old and everything that's old is new again. Um, I'm sure we're going to hit it in the news because we disagree so much about the grandiosity of the 35th Mario anniversary here. But 
Um, as soon as that uh, Nintendo Direct was over and I saw that Mario All-Stars was finally available for the Super NES on uh, Nintendo Online service, I jumped in right away and played through and finally beat Super Mario Bros. in the All-Stars version. Um, and I played That's that awesome. using, I, I kind of went on a little bit of like an Amazon buying spree because I accidentally got tricked into signing up for Amazon Prime uh, for the month. And so I, I bought the Split Pad Pro from Hori. Uh, Hori, oh, did yeah. you say it in, I think, the pr- correct pronunciation? Um, so I got like the Damon X Machina one, which is this really cool like black. It's almost as if you took the Switch Pro controller and sawed it in half and turned it into the two Joy-Con spots for when you're playing portable. Okay. Um, and just like a quick touching of the base on that, like it's really, really comfortable, but it's surprisingly light. There's no rumble features in it. And so it almost like throws me off how light it is. And the sticks are great sticks, but they feel really, really fluid. Um, Like there's not as much tension in them as there is with the other like sticks on the Joy-Cons. If you understand what I'm saying, like they just like move like butter and have like a way wider radius. So it's like a little bit of adjusting to get used to. Um, but I used the D-pad on it, which is like a classic Hori D-pad to play through. Yeah. Um, well, not all of because I I made my way into uh, the warp world. The you know the world. I think it's one two that you can get into the warp pipes. Um, Sounds right. And warped all the way to world four. Um, but I blasted my way through Super Mario Bros. and I got all the way to world seven four in a couple hours the first day of picking it up and then proceeded to finish off the rest of that and world eight, um, in an afternoon over the weekend. And I feel like I cheated because I relied so heavily on the rewind feature in the game from (laughs) it being in, um, in that Nintendo switch online, like super NES online emulator. Anytime I died and like, let me tell you, like if you did a super cut of every time I like fell on a Goomba and just died immediately, it would be like two minutes of Mario dying. Um, I would just hit the rewind and like rewind back and retry it. So it was like, <laughs> I felt like I was cheating really badly, but I did like play through the game and it was just really cool to like get to hear all of that music in the game is so like iconic and beautiful. And like, this is the version of mario that i most remember from the side-scrolling early mario era um i know my friend did have mario bros with the like split pack with duck hunt back in the day for the nes but like yeah this is the version that i spent the most time taking cracks at this is like what mario looks like to me when i think of like 2d mario in a lot of ways because of sure um playing all of the GBA re-releases of like Super Mario World and Super Mario Bros. 2 um, with, you know, with reskinned Doki Doki Panic or whatever it is. Um, and so I'm really excited to keep playing a couple of these while I wait for some Mario to arrive in the mail, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so these, I never played these, like I said, uh, I think before we started recording. And wasn't this really hard to get when it came out? This is like one of the most expensive games 
Like if you have it new in box, I think you can get a good sum of money for it. And see, the only history that I know about it is I think it was back for like the 25th anniversary of Mario that they re-released this as like, I think a $60 Nintendo Wii disc and did a similar thing that they're doing with the Super Mario 3D All-Stars where it was like a limited run of a re-release of this collection and that continues to be a really valuable disc too. Yeah. Um, But I don't know about the original um, and what that's like. I don't even, I think, um, and I don't recall like what the context for the release of the first Mario All-Stars was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe 10-year anniversary, 1995. That would kind of make sense, I guess, yeah, for I, Mario. I just don't know that history. And But these games are all uh, like the Super Mario, or the, right, Super Mario Brothers game is like 16-bit graphics, right? It's kind of like updated for the time, at least. Yeah, that's the really cool thing about it is because as I was, yeah. I was trying to say, I, the point I was trying to get to is like, to me, Mario's graphics are those Super Mario World 16-bit Mario graphics. And, sure, yeah. you know, the game doesn't look quite the same as Super Mario World if you're being like really, really nitpicky about <laughs> what the sprites look like. But to me, like Mario is this like 16-bit character who's, you know, turning red and white when he gets the fire flower and all that stuff. And so it's just really yeah. fun for me to spend time in that world again. Um, for sure, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And I, I beat Bowser. It felt really satisfying. You know, I got to the end, like Peach was finally in the right castle. Um, <laughs> and like, I've gone back and tried to play the original Mario Bros on NES online. And just some of the subtle changes they make to like the cute animations that they do with all of the toads and like when you beat one of the castles, the toads are like, sorry, Peach is in another castle. But then they have like a whole bunch of gags on the number of different toads that appear. And like some of them are giant. And some of times it's like just a pile of like six toads coming out. Anyways, it delighted me um, and got me really excited to play more Mario this year, which is cool. Yeah. For the ones that you'll get to play this year, I suppose. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, the only other game that I checked out was I was able to play some uh, some more Halo 2 and Halo 3 multiplayer on Master Chief Collection. Um, and I teamed up with my best friend, Alex, uh, who in high school was kind of like one of the two or three like real sharks when we played uh, Halo together. And he and I played Team Doubles, which was really, really fun. Um, and for once in literally my entire life of playing Halo with him, um, did I end up going plus 10 kill to death ratio and carrying him, um, which almost never happens. Usually it's the opposite, especially when we do two on two in Halo. Um, he'll always like go off and end up plus eight or plus 10, uh, which was what happened in the first game. But then in the second two games, like I got the positive kill to death ratio that was really big and like helped us close out the matches. It was so much fun. Uh, that game. That collection, similar to what I'm hoping for from some of these Mario collections, just like is such a good reminder that even when there are really big advancements to like what people think of when they think of a multiplayer shooter, right? The speed, the aim down sights, being a battle royale, like that core multiplayer loop from back in the day in Halo still is so, so fun. And I think part of that is because it's nostalgic, but the other part of it is like, 
it's still just really fun to compete with people in that format. Yeah. And I, dude, I think I've played, um, Halo one and I've played a little, I don't, I think, and then I played Halo three a ton and those are the only ones I have any experience with. And I don't, I think I only played Halo one in local multiplayer. Is that a thing? Anyway, I just, what I'm getting at is I don't have a ton of experience of with Halo, so I don't have a, as much love for the system as most people do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Halo 1 would have only been like a split screen on the couch unless you were playing yeah. over, I think it was called like Warp Pipe, speaking of Mario. Um, was that, oh no, that was the GameCube um, land thing that they did for Mario Kart. Um, but there was like a way to do a fake land party over the internet for Halo 1. And then it was also released on PC eventually and had online multiplayer on PC, which is where I yeah. first really got into Halo. Um, what are you playing, John? I'm really curious. Uh, well, I finally got around to playing Control DLC. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I was waiting until they both came out because you know how you play a game and you get to the point where you're like good at it? And then the DLC comes out like three or four months later and you play it and it takes you like four hours to figure out, like to get back basically to the point you were before, like when you quit playing it. Um, I basically didn't want to do that twice with control. So I was waiting till they were both out. Um, And I'm still through, or I'm just getting into the foundation. Um, DLC, which was the first one released back in June, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and really looking forward to the AWE one, which in the game, in that game stands for Altered World Event, but I'm, I've am i heard there's some interesting connections with uh, Alan Wake, which I've never played Alan Wake, but playing Control has made me want to go back and play Alan Wake because it's so... Control is just so interesting. And the, the more I play it, the gameplay is fun and you it allows you kind of to manipulate your world in a way where the variety of attacks and different things that you can do are there's just several ways to skin a cat. You know what I mean? In that game, like it's not just like shoot until something's dead. There's just lots of different uh, puzzly type ways to um, get around your world and defeat your enemies and stuff. And it's really satisfying. And this has introduced new powers too. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. I know like the, two big things that I know about it is like it gives you a bunch of different tools, whether it's the different guns or the different powers. And like, it's kind of like you build the play style that you want to use. So adding more to that toolbox sounds like it would be really awesome. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Um, I've had a lot of fun going back to it and I, uh, what was I going to say? I, I basically, I'm really stoked to get into Tony Hawk, the remake, but I haven't done that yet because I, like I just explained, I don't want to, uh, play control and then get to a point where I'm basically good at it again and then stop playing it to play something else and then have to come back and reacclimate myself to the controls of control Pun as redundant as that yeah, sound. I promise you it's not cyclical circular. Um, yeah, that is definitely like a common thing that I run into when I did play games with DLC. And I, it's actually something that like generally keeps me from picking up DLC. Um, yeah is just like I kind of a lot of times I feel like I've like closed out my experience with the game and would rather have like the story be neat and tied up and be able to move on to the next thing. 
Yeah. I think I'm with you the more that I, not that this is bad, but it's like, it kind of taints your view of the game as a whole. Um, I really liked Horizon Zero Dawn, for instance, and I brought, bought the Frozen Wilds DLC when it went on sale, like in like December of 2000, 2017 or whatever. And I finally got around to playing it, like, I think last year. So like over two years after the game had come out and it was good, but it salts your idea of what that game was originally because of how much you've forgotten in the time since you played it originally. And uh, the story DLC doesn't always add up to the same thing that the main game added up to. And I'm finding the same with Control, even though this story is interesting. It's about basically, I think the foundation is alluding to the inception of the oldest house, which is where the game takes place. Um, and it's super interesting, but it just compared to that original experience, uh, it doesn't really add up to the same, uh, feeling that I had originally, but the game is still really creepy, man. It's just like you, I found this area, you know, and you, you're the director of the oldest house through, basically no means at all other than the fact that you showed up and they decided that you're the director and everything is just so weird. And like this area that I'm in is new. And then I come out of like the first mission having to do with it. And like one of the people who works at the oldest house is there with like her team, her research team. And she just like makes it like no big deal that she, is in this place that you apparently just found and but just like and then your character is just like oh okay and then they just go on and it sounds like it's bad writing but it's not it's just that the game is that weird that you just accept that this is how they interact with one another it's so strange i i find it fascinating it's, it's basically like x files yeah and exactly just, it's so they go so with weird. the flow on it yeah and then in an effort to help AJ out of the Forbidden Woods, um, I picked up uh, back on playing Link Between Worlds on my 3DS. We just went back to Nebraska, so that was the easiest thing for me to pack. And Chris was touting it uh, last week, or maybe that was two weeks ago, when I said I kind of fell off of it. And I don't know why I fell off of it, because it's a fantastic Zelda game with wonderful music and characters and dungeons, and the it's so satisfying. It it's great, man, because the last game I played, last Zelda game I played was, uh, what's the one that, the remake that came out last year, Chris? The last remake. Oh, uh, Link, Link's Awakening. Yeah, there yeah, that's the last I one there. I played. That's also and that was the good last too. one I played. Yeah, and that one's good too, but you can tell, like, you could tell that was a remake of a GBA game, um, and this is basically a better rendition of that game in my opinion, it's the top down, uh, kind of, uh, view or whatever, but it's, it's great. It's so fun. It just reminds me of what I love about Zelda games, dungeons and hook shots and weird random tools that you get to encounter the dungeon dungeons and unlock puzzles and stuff. It's great. Yeah. What, tell me about like what your experience has been with the rental system in that game. Cause I remembered being, really, Oh yeah. Really like thrown off by it at first. And then I kind of had this badge of honor where I made it through the whole game without 
dying. And so I've just ended up renting everything once. And then I think eventually you can like upgrade them or buy them permanently. Yeah. Um, and that yep. felt like a really rewarding thing for me, but I, I'm curious what you think of it. Oh, I hated it. I think that's the main reason that I gave up on the first go round, but I must've been, I must've gotten better at video games in the last like five years or whatever from the last time I played it because, um, I don't, I did die once like early on in the game when I only had like three or four hearts Mm -hmm. and, uh, that it's irritating, but you do also collect tons of rupees. Like if you go around and cut every piece of grass and, kill every enemy like you're gonna add your the rupees will add up pretty quick and there's no limitations like you don't have to upgrade your wallet size or whatever like you do in some other uh zelda games so yeah you just end up with like um, stacks of money in that game yeah uh so i don't hate it as much there are a lot of different tools though um i think i want to say there's around 10 or 9 maybe um so renting all that stuff and then dying and losing it all i could i mean i could see myself getting pretty frustrated with that again and then to buy them like you said you it's not like it's 20 rupees to rent it or 100 to buy it it's like 20 rupees to rent it or 800 to buy it so yeah, it's, it's a um, huge investment to like lock it into your inventory which makes yeah it's pretty substantial it's uh, like I wish when I played it that I died more often to make that 800 seem like really tantalizing like oh my god like this game's really hard like it would be great to like pay that much to be able to keep this in my inventory but you know it I had I love that game and I don't want to get it twisted about how much I love love loved Link Between Worlds but I feel like if it was a little bit more challenging or a little bit more punishing and like made me interact with the rental versus buying mechanic instead of me, like literally like I did not die. I just rented everything. And then like, because I had the money bought everything. And I think it takes away from what the game is supposed to be like. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that's kind of the benefit of it too. It does give you, it does make you think about your, what potions and stuff you have before you head into a dungeon or something like, you know what I mean? So it does the the thing I like about it is it makes you think differently than you've had to in other Zelda games. Usually you just get something and then you have it, which is cool. Um, but this kind of makes it so that you can basically unlock a lot of things from the get go. Like you could probably go around and farm every heart piece pretty early on in the game. Um, whereas in other Zelda games, you pretty much have to be in the end game in order to unlock everything. So, um, it does make it play a little bit differently, which I appreciate. And it still has the tenets of a Zelda game, which are dungeons (laughs) and tools like hook shots and bow and arrow and stuff like that. But we don't need to get into that here. Yeah. What do you say we talk about some news, Chris? What do you want to go with first? Let's do uh, this leak on Xbox that it's coming out. The S that we've heard about for the last however long, what, two, three, four weeks, something like that about 
these people getting these controllers that say this controller is also compatible with the Xbox Series S. Yes. So we <laughs> we knew it was coming. It was only a matter of time. But the nice thing about this is we not only got validation that it does exist, but we also got validation of a price of $300. And then like subsequently, like the very next day, they were announced the price of the Xbox Series X. The very which, next day being nine hours ago this morning. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard because they released, or like when they announced it, I think it was yesterday that it got leaked and then they confirmed it at like midnight Pacific time or something. So it's yeah. hard to keep it all straight. There was a whole... Um, so there's a tweet from Jack Ac- Jack Appleby at Juicebox CA on Twitter um, that kind of breaks down like all it's a thread um, that breaks down like the timeline of the leak happening like very late at night and Xbox tweeting out at like 3 a.m. their time. Yeah, like they like reacted with a meme and then they like broke the news of the series as being real, the price and that there would be more news coming soon. And then they followed that up again with more information and the official reveal video um, people proceeded to do all kinds of memes to this like really weird, I think soon to be iconic Xbox series S design that is like another obelisk, but with like a big black speaker on it. Yeah. Um, I do think it looks kind of cool. I know. I, I like kind of into it. It looks really, really small. Like when they put the, you know, all of the, I think it's really interesting that when they're showing it off in marketing images, especially still images, every one of them has a controller next to it for scale. And most of them are the controller like on what would be like the widest side of it to show you like, it's like two controllers tall and two and like <laughs> a, and a controller in width, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And two can like, it is, it is a compact looking box. Um, so some of the details that came out, uh, from from that include that uh, pre-orders are going to go live on September 22nd for both boxes, the Series X and the Series S. Um, Series X is going to be 499 USD uh, and Series S will be 299. Um, and they're out on the 10th, which is I think close to when we were, I, you know, maybe we have fans dedicated enough to go back and listen to the tape of when we were projecting that the Xbox would release, but I think the 13th or the 6th were kind of the two dates that we had it nailed down to, and it's kind of smack yeah. dab in the middle of those. Yeah, isn't it like a Tuesday or something? I believe it is a Tuesday. I'm going yeah. into my computer's calendar to verify that. It is a Tuesday, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I dig that. You know, why not have something I hope PlayStation does something similar, because I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I can wait in line or something for one if i can't pre-order one online yeah well we're all waiting for that email that's going to let us pre-order directly from sony right Um, well unless you're going to get the uh platinum version that that one website what's it called i guess the did you send that to me no aj sent that up but it was going around twitter the ten thousand dollar uh yeah gold 24 karat gold plated playstation 5 pre-orders are available yeah really want to pre-order that badly dude that's uh, yet another reason to be rich, man. One of these days, I'm telling you. Can you imagine? Because then on the 10th, you could just pre-order it or your platinum version. And you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, you're just, you know, you know you're know, you done. You're rich. You're happy. Yeah. You're a yeah. gamer. <laughs> That's how it works. 
rich happy that's those are those definitely fall in line together yeah definitely during 2020 Uh, (laughs) those things are correlated Uh, yeah for sure (laughs) so in other xbox news the thing i want to focus in on is like what i'm seeing from the launch video is the series s is basically the same hardware but like scaled down just to only do 1080p or 1044p it's still going to try and hit 120 frames per second on those on those resolutions it still has like a similar but lower clocked processor and it still plays all the same games it's digital only and it's 300 bucks to play like the next gen and i know i think you and i kind of have maybe similar perspectives on this of like, is this really a next gen console like launch with the fact that everything that you could play on both of these could also be played on the Xbox one. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, you can get up to 120 frames um, and it's not native 4k, right? So it's 1080p. Yeah. It's 1080p or 1440p resolutions. Up yeah, to so 1440p frames. is still better. I mean, that's what my laptop does, I guess. And uh, I, I mean, yeah, I think it's still next gen, man. I mean, I think you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there, like 300 bucks. With that in mind, you'd have a really hard time convincing me of why I would want a Series X because this just seems like to get in on the ground floor if you want to get in on next gen like this is where it's at <clears throat> to me i'm really excited about the disc drive because i did like stockpile all of these xbox one games yep. hoping that they would be better on the series x i also have a, a collection of like blu-rays and 4k blu-rays that i want to be able to use i'm I have a 4K TV. I want to take advantage of the 4K resolution on it. We already saw Chris go through the meltdown of like, if he needs to buy a $1,500 OLED TV just to get HDMI 2.1. And so I'm interested in the Series X at the $500 price point at that $499 price point. I am especially interested in it because um, they are bringing back the Xbox All Access program um, yeah, which is the program where it's similar to the way um, cell phone plans used to be, where you would basically finance the device over the lifetime of using it. Um, they still do that. They still do that. I know they. I felt like some of the providers changed away from that. Um, Maybe they have. But the thing that I think is really really cool about it is, um, for twenty five dollars a month for t- two years, you can have Game Pass Ultimate and the series s two years of ultimate and a series s for 25 bucks a month with nothing down and somebody online was doing the math and that comes in at less than the msrp of 299 for the series s like when you account for how much money you would 240 bucks yeah yeah like because you would do because if game pass ultimate is 15 bucks a month or 14.99 so that's the majority of that cost. The only thing is it does lock you into that subscription for two years, which I mean, maybe I know that's kind of how a lot of people are with say like Netflix, they just have Netflix and could have not watched Netflix for the past nine months, but they still pay for it every month. 
Yeah, there's no like um, canceling it once you've played through Halo Infinite's single player campaign. Yeah, and you certainly can do that, but like, and I did that recently because I was like, I'm not, I'm downloading all this game, all these games, and yes, it's by far the best like deal in gaming. And straight up, man, if I were thinking about getting into video games but had no previous experience playing video games, I would 100% get like a Series S because with Game Pass because it's such a good deal. Like you can play so many games and then if you want to like become well-versed in some genre of games that or get into like story games, then you can buy a PlayStation later. But I don't know. It's, it's such a good deal. Yeah. Well, and so speaking of Xbox Game Pass being like the best deal in gaming, I'm going to pull in a tweet from Xbox Game Pass's official Twitter account um, that (laughs) I'm going to just read it verbatim. So in all caps, it says important news. You should stop scrolling and read this. Thanks. Read it. Thanks. Starting later this year at EA Play will be included with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Game Pass PC. That is all. And then it goes down to a video kind of promoting this cross collaboration between the two of them. So that is 60 more games that are going to be added on to the Games Pass already, including, and I was looking at this the other night because I went through the rabbit hole of like going in and wish listing games on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. It has KOTOR. <laughs> like, oh, really? You could go play Knights of the Old Republic if you have Game Pass now. You can go play on your Madden. Xbox or on your PC? Xbox. You can play. Skate 3, you can play Madden 21, you can play FIFA 21, you can play any of these EA games. Can you play Mass Effect? You can play the Mass Effect trilogy, my man. Oh, dude. You can play Jade Empire, I think. (laughs) Go off, play every Bioware game that they ever published. (laughs) Like, I just think that's really cool. I think that's a huge, like, Twitter this last two days was just Microsoft it was two things. It was a Microsoft blowing up the spot. And I'm talking specifically about video games, Twitter, not nightmare Twitter of where the, where reality lives blowing up the spot with all of these big announcements that I think are really setting them up to be like a huge competitor this gen. And we all knew that these plays were coming through for a long time, right? Like we've known the S is an option that they're going to announce eventually. And finally have, we've known that games pass is going to be that game pass is going to be, like a huge part of what being an Xbox player is going to be. But to say, now you get EA play. Now you have a $300 entry point in next gen or a $25 a month entry point into next gen that gives you game pass ultimate that entire time. Like, yeah, I, I really wish I liked EA games more is what I thought when I saw that, because it's kind of, I think I'm just not the person for it. Uh, like I think it's the best deal in gaming and I think it's awesome that they're adding EA um, or EA. What is it? EA EA play. play they EA. recently rebranded it from whatever it was before. I think it's really a lot more straightforward, although it's confusing because I think EA play is also the name of like what they do I around was, E3 at E3. I was just going to say like, so now what are they going to call that? <laughs> EA origins. They're just going to flip flop them. Just call yeah, it EA fl- origins, their origins. E3 conference. And yep. Then we're good. Uh, but like, again, if you, if you dig, if you haven't, if you're not like an avid gamer and you're not already vested in like a PlayStation ecosystem, like this is definitely probably the way to go. You know what I mean? It's just, I already 
am vested in the PlayStation system. So like none of this really interests me that much. You know what I mean? I don't know. You're, you probably disagree. And I think that's normal. I think most people would. No. And so I think the thing that you have to think about, right, is like, I want to go in and do one more story and then I want to kind of blow this out into like a, what is the end of this year's next gen stuff going to look like? So the last thing I want to bring up is Game Informer did a story by Jeff Cork uh, today on Wednesday of what is like the day one launch lineup of the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, um, noting that there's going to be games that come out on the, you know, in the two weeks following it too, including Cyberpunk um, and some other stuff. But um, the games that they're listing on Game Informer are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which had its release date for, for the Xbox, like moved early to hit launch. Dirt 5, Forza, 4, Forza Horizon 4, which is already out. So I don't understand why they included it on this list unless it's got some like huge, you know, Series X upgrade patch dropping. I, I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with the news surrounding Forza Horizon 4, but you know, that's considered an amazing game. Um, Gears Tactics tweeted out and announced that they are launching on console to coincide with the launch of the Series S and the Series X on November 10th, um, which is actually a game that kind of appealed to me, but I definitely couldn't play it on my computer. Tetris Effect Connected is launching its patch the same day and will be a launch title for it. A game called The Falconeer, which I'm not as familiar with. Um, Watch Dogs Legion, which comes out, I think, two weeks prior on the current gen, will be a launch title and have the free upgrade thing that's slipping my mind. And then Yakuza Like a Dragon is also releasing a little bit early to hit launch on Series X. Yep. That's like, other than the fact that there's no Halo in there, those are like, those are like, rock solid games other than i mean legion watchdogs legion legion looks a little bit wonky but like a lot of these are proven game series that are like really incredible yeah the only problem is that you can i mean if you currently own a system then you can play them on that system right exactly i think so unless you're just hankering for next gen capabilities which are like until we see it in action, like we don't really know, you know, like to this day, the only thing that we've seen for the PS five is a little bit of ratchet and clank and like reports of Spider-Man. I guess that we've seen some things with their, uh, when they had that thing earlier this summer when Sony did, but I just don't see anything that's like out there that we're going to be all, tripping over our own two feet to get it to that's not going to be available on the systems we already have at home, you know? Yeah. And and that's the bigger discussion I want to have, right? Where um, what we know is I think unless it gets delayed, Demon's Souls for PS5, um, Miles Morales in the launch window, if not at launch, and Bug Snacks? And yeah. um, I think Bug Snacks is the only one. Bug Snacks and Miles Morales are the only two. I think uh, whichever one you just said. Uh, I don't think Dragons or Dragons Dogma. Uh, Demon Souls. Demon Souls is. I, it may be. I don't know. I could be wrong. I can look it up. But um, 
I think that's launch window also. Okay. I, I had seen some stuff online that made it sound like it was a launch title. So that's why I was wondering. Yeah. So it's just kind of, both systems are just kind of, oh, Astros Playroom. Yep. Built in, right? You're right. Uh, they This is from August 27th. So uh, Battlefield 6. Wait, what? Yeah, apparently. This is, again, it's from August 27th. Because Deathloop is still on here, and I know that one's been... Yeah, Deathloop uh, is gone. Yeah, so this might not be right. And they uh, Sony has confirmed very little. I don't even think they've confirmed Miles Morales or anything for the launch day. I think people are just assuming that's what it's going to be. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think... I mean, I'm obviously an avid gamer, so I'm going to try to get a PlayStation 5 like as soon as they tell me I can. Uh but if you're not, I don't see any reason to like jump off your couch and run to go get this day one, either one. I think um, you know, Xbox or PlayStation. I think potentially by the time <laughs> shortly after this episode posts on Friday, we may know price and release date and pre-order timing for the PS. Yeah. Is kind of the scuttlebutt right. online right now. Yep. I, I'm with you, man, because in that thing we were discussing earlier, the platinum and 24 and 18 karat golds you can start pre-ordering tomorrow so who knows if that's going to be i mean i don't think that's going to be the same date because they already said that uh sony had said that they were going to give you plenty of time and i would say that even if they were announced it today 24 hours is not plenty of time to announce a pre-order so we'll see in the near future my guess is by the time we're recording Next week, we'll probably know, if not shortly thereafter. But how about we uh, move over to what was announced at the Nintendo stuff today? Or not today, this week, rather. Which uh, they we had heard rumors of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars coming out this year. But it had been nothing but Scuttlebud until... Was this, this was late last week. It was right after we yeah, recorded, it was wasn't the, it, on Thursday Literally or something? the morning after we recorded, I woke up to this magical Nintendo Direct news. And yeah, it lifted my spirits in a really intense way. I'm not going to lie. So You're good, man. I, I don't know. Um, there was a ton of stuff announced in this like short 16 minute video and four minutes of that video. Yeah. was like a retrospective of Mario. <laughs> so like in 10 yeah. minutes, they announced a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm looking uh, at an article from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer just to kind of try and summarize it. But just going off my memory, um, kind of like I discussed, they announced and day of released Mario All-Stars on Super NES, you know, <laughs> online or whatever it's called for the Switch. And then they announced a 3D Mario All-Stars, um, which combines three classic Mario games um, sadly, <laughs> one of them is not one of the best 3D Mario games, but um, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, but not Super Mario Galaxy 2, will all be collected in this uh, in this um, collection for 60 bucks that's coming out um, a week from tomorrow or something. Like it, oh, it was within yeah. two weeks of them putting this up, uh, it comes cool. out. Um, and they're they're the remastered versions, right, Chris? Well, 
they're not remastered the way that say like crash bandicoot trilogy would be remastered but uh-huh. they are yeah. running at optimized frame rates and oh optimized you say in what might that definition. what might that mean high definition four by three aspect ratio just like i played the original mario 64 and would love to play it again 25 years later in four by three aspect ratio but it's fine that it's not at least you know money's tough right now the economy's not great and people are losing their jobs and stuff if they can't afford it this holiday season at least they'll be able to buy it like next holiday season right well (laughs) nintendo decided to make it kind of a collector's item and the physical copies are going to be on sale until the end of next march so march 31st 2021 but also for some reason they're pulling it from the eShop on the 20 march 2021 time frame which is wild i'm not and also I the can't defend end that. of their end of their fiscal quarter i can't defend that yeah dude i'm sorry i i've never played mario sunshine so i was actually really stoked for this because it had been rumored that it was going to be galaxy like this, these three, I wasn't surprised to not see Galaxy 2 because I had heard this rumored before already. Yeah. So I had heard that it was going to be one, the Mario 64, which is the only one on 64, Sunshine, which is the only one on GameCube, I believe, and then Galaxy 1, which are all good games from what I, I've played two out of the three, but I hadn't played Sunshine. So I was like super stoked for this to come out because I really wanted to play Sunshine. And then I watch the trailer and see that they've done nothing to the games. They're just like very, I wouldn't even call this a remaster, man. It's just like, well, it's a collection. Like, yeah, but it's like you said, it's like, so when they made, we just talked about it earlier when you were talking about the original Super Mario Brothers, the original original Super Mario All-Stars, like they updated a 10 year old game to look like, it w- was at that point in time, like it had it been released on Super Nintendo. So why didn't they give a 20 year old game or 25 year old game? Didn't that game come out in 1996? Almost 25 year olds, Something year old like game, 24 year old game, Yeah, whatever. Like they couldn't give that game the same treatment, like playing it in a four by three aspect ratio, man. Come on. Like we, I haven't had a four by three TV in 15 years. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I know I tend to, not be i don't always have the most positive outlook when it comes to these things and maybe i'm a bit cynical but i think this is a fucking cash grab and i think they should have done better with this particular product than they're doing but john aren't you excited to have all of the soundtracks like being able to use a a media player out of your switch to listen to mario music no not at all but you know what i am excited for speaking of mario's anniversary is that the Super Mario, what is it? 3D World? Super Mario yes. 3D World plus Bowser's yeah. Fury. I am stoked to play that this year because this is Mario's anniversary. So if they're obviously, if they're going to announce they're going to port this game. I had a Wii U. I did not play this game because. Oh, it's a great game. I don't know yeah. if it was out. Yeah, I've heard it's good. It's, it's so I can't fantastic. wait to play that this year, you know, because it's going to come out this year because this is Mario's anniversary, right? Well, it's coming out on the 12th of February, 2021. Oh. Since Eurogamer is a, a European website, so they put their dates in another direction. 
Um, it's coming out February 12th. Damn it. I'm so, it's a port. Why? I mean, why is it not? Why is it not out now? I don't understand. We don't know. We don't know what Bowser's Fury is. That's true. Wasn't I thought that was an added part to one of the 3DS games or something. I don't know. I'm, it's kind of a stretch. Like one of the last 3DS games well, they made. Anytime they release, you know, there's like um, Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr. or whatever. Like they always have like this plus add-on when they do a re-release of some of these games when they're doing like mm-hmm. a one-off, it seems like. Um, but I don't know exact. I, I have a hunch about what you're talking about, but I don't have it on yeah. the top of my head. I'm talking about Bowser's inside story or, or plus Bowser's journey or something like that. So yeah, I'm excited for you to play that game. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's especially too. fantastic when you can get four people together and play like chaotic four player Mario. It is so much fun. Um, and we can't really do that during COVID. Um, it would be a fantastic family game, John. Like it's, yeah, it's a really good time. Um, my girlfriend was sitting with me while, while I watched like the, you know, Nintendo direct reveal. And as soon as she saw the cat suit characters, cause I don't think we were dating when I was playing that game, uh, when it first came out, um, she was like, Oh, the cat suits are so great. They're so cute. And so it just has that Mario appeal. That's just universal. Um, and it is yeah. one of my, I mean, I don't know if it's one of my favorite Mario games, but it is so creative and so much fun. Despite my cynicism, I do. I mean, the reason I wish it was released earlier is so that I could play it sooner because it does look really good. Like, and I've heard it's one of the best Mario games. So I'm, I'm stoked to play it. Well, speaking of things that are coming out sooner that you could check out Super Mario Bros. 35, which is a 35 player battle Royale Mario game that is inspired by Tetris 99. That's going to come out on October 1st. Uh, it's available until that same March 31st, 2021 date, which kind of bums me out because I think it would be really rad to just have that around the same way Tetris 99 is, but it has a same, the same mechanic where you're able to target other players as they play through their game and you send over your defeated Goombas and bloopers and things, and they pollute the other player's screen uh, as you continue through like an endless Mario Bros. run. Um, so yeah, I'm not big on like uh, this. Kind of sounds like what's that game that just came out recently that people are super into um, on PS Plus or whatever. Fall Guys. Uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of something like similar to that, where you're just like trying to mess with other people to make it to the end of the race faster or whatever from what i've gathered granted i haven't watched the direct yet i've just had it explained to me Mm -hmm. um the other thing that's and more in line with my cynical character is uh this game is similar to a game that was developed by a private developer i think a one person team and then nintendo gave them the old cease and desist, which they have the right to do because it's their property. Um, and then they just remade the same game and are releasing it on uh, Nintendo yeah. and online. And the other thing, man, is this is again is a only available until March of next year, which again is the end of their fiscal quarter. And 
if you ask me another reason because you're if you've been a subscriber to nintendo online it renews in september or something so if you were thinking about canceling it because you don't see any games coming out that you want to play um this would be maybe an impetus for a lot of people to resubscribe till at least uh the end of march so um but yeah i think i don't get into this these kind of games but uh it does look really cool, man. I think that's that's awesome. I think it'll be very popular. As I discussed in what we've been playing, I am really excited to die over and over again very quickly when yeah. this comes out next See, month. Yeah, I just had I heard it or I had it explained to me and I was like, Yeah, no, I'm I I would be terrible at that and I know that I would be. So uh I best of luck to all y'all out there. I uh I will not be joining you. Yeah. The there were a couple other like um in-game event things in like super mario bros or super smash bros ultimate um there's going to be a splat fest there's going to be mario themed furniture in animal crossing um and they also announced a game and watch that just plays super mario bros uh that's coming out in november but the last thing that really like that really stood out to me and looks really really cool is this i think it's called mario kart live home circuit and it is yeah. a Mario Kart game and you have physical RC controlled cart toys that have cameras on them. And then you see the feed from that camera on your switch as you're driving this RC cart around and it like interacts with the game and like has all of the different weapons or tools or items that you can throw at people like banana peels will stop the cart in its tracks and there's ai opponents you're playing against and you can race against another person who has a luigi cart it looks so cool yeah you get to build does, custom I, carts or custom tracks yeah. like i don't know you said you think it looks rad too oh i think it looks awesome i'm it's it's kind of expensive i think it's a hundred dollars for each car um like so you can't just buy uh, so it's kind of like ring fit adventure. Like you have to spend $80. You can't just buy like the game and then a peripheral. You know what I mean? I would, I would assume that you would be able to buy like the game or whatever the AR component is. And then the car separately, you know what I mean? So if you wanted to have more than one car, you could buy the car, but it sounds like it's just a hundred dollars each time you want to add a car to it, which oh, I think ooh, is that's harsh, a little over the top and a hundred bucks is kind of a lot of money. But um, I'm, uh, I would love to play this. I'm totally gonna get this. Depending when does it come out? October twelfth or something. It comes out. Dang, sixteenth of October. Okay, yeah. So I I will get this sometime. Just because I mean I have a three year old at home. So, and what better way to totally it's. Dude, having a three-year-old around is a lot of hard work sometimes, but usually it's just an excuse to do all the shit you love to do when you were three years old and no longer have an excuse to do as a 37-year-old man. <laughs> so uh, this is totally going to be uh, in my house at some point soon. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I almost want to get one just to like show my dad. He's really into remote-controlled airplanes. and Oh, cool. I just think... Um, it could be something that he would like vibe on, but obviously he doesn't have a switch or anything. Um, yeah. So it, it would be something that I could like bring home and set up and like race him in. And that could be really fun. Um, yeah. But 
I don't really have like, you know, it's not like I'm having my friends over <laughs> in 2020 uh, to play a competitive game of head to head virtual or, you know, AR Mario Kart. Um, but I just yeah. think it's like cool and innovative and like out of the box and like the most Nintendo thing that they did in that to me, other than putting their foot in their mouth 33 times, according to you, which is also very Nintendo was this cool Mario Kart game that like came out of nowhere and looks surprising and weird and cool and probably won't work as well as it does in the ad, but it'll work pretty well. Yeah. I'm stoked to see when it comes out uh, and see, because you know, we'll see reviews that on it from like IGN and giant bomb and stuff. So um, I'm stoked to see what they think and hopefully it works as well as, uh, you know, we hope it does yeah. kind of like Labo. I always heard Labo was had a limited audience just because of what it was, but I heard those things held up pretty well and were really cool for what they were. So yeah. Nintendo does make good peripherals, man. When they make something, it's usually pretty quality. It's definitely like the third iteration of like the peripheral game for the switch, you know, yeah, with ring exactly. fit with Labo, like it's just the next kind of expansion of that and i think it's really cool that the switch is that modular anyways i don't want to go down that rabbit hole because there's one more nintendo story that i want to make sure we touch on oh and i also might get the game and watch because i think that's cool oh it looks so cool i just it's it doesn't feel like there's much more to say other than it's a a handheld way to play (laughs) and that would be a huge waste of money i don't know how much they cost but i I think it's like like 45 bucks yeah i could see my because i don't even like super mario brothers the first game so I would play it for like 45 seconds and then be like, damn, this is a waste of money. So John, I, I think I've said it a couple of times on the podcast, but the legend of Zelda breath of the wild is my favorite video game. And I can say that with like pretty strong confidence. And I know I'm an outlier on the podcast thinking that it, you know, changed the way video games should be designed for the rest of human history and is gorgeous, beautiful, emotional, and just the most playable video game I've ever touched. Um, but um, Nintendo released a game in 2020. This is me talking from the future that takes place a hundred years in the past of Breath of the Wild and tells you the story of the big battle against Calamity Ganon that they allude to in Breath of the Wild. They made a prequel to a Zelda game. And that game yeah. is called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. <laughs> and it's a fucking Muso style Dynasty Warriors type game. And you know what? I watched this full like six minute breakdown of the announcement trailer and I might have to buy this game. Yeah, I dude. I so I love Zelda and I I'm not gonna say Breath of the Wild's a bad game it's just not the type of Zelda game that I enjoy uh but I did play a solid 120 to 130 hours of it but (laughs) yeah I know I know (laughs) yeah so big same me too I also replayed it (laughs) yeah and it dude part of me every time I hear people talk about it's like yeah, I do the same thing with Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I hear people talk about how great those games are, and I'm like, maybe I should go back and replay those. Maybe games. I just didn't get it. I still, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'll get it this time. But anyway, I do remember them referencing the calamity a lot, you know, during that game. And so I would love to go back and 
like play anything that is having to do with that time and place. I think that would be so cool. That was part of my hope of what Breath of the Wild 2 would be was would be a prequel to uh, the original. So, cause you kind of want to know how it all went down. Yeah. And so that's what this game is going to be. And in that announcement video, um, Koei worked, Koei Tecmo worked incredibly close, like hand in hand with Nintendo in the narrative and gameplay design of this game, even though it's still going to be that classic warriors style, uh, as they put it one versus a thousand gameplay. Um, I haven't played a Dynasty Warriors or any of the Warriors spinoff games since I was in high school. And so like I could see myself putting some time in this game and not feeling like it's like the same thing I've played forever and ever and ever. But I also am my heart's being competed for by Persona 5 Scramble. You know? Yeah, I don't, I'm 100% with you. That's exactly what I... I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. I was like, well, do I want to play this or do I want to play Persona 5 Scramble? But they haven't announced a release date for, for Persona 5 Scramble, I don't think yet. So Yeah, that's going to be because like this comes out in November. Like this is going to be out probably before that game. And this game was announced two months before its release date. <laughs> exactly. Which is a cool look. Uh, I actually love that look for a Nintendo game. How often do they do that? Other than when they yeah, shadow drop a collection on you the same month that they announce it. Yeah, uh, it's cool, man. And I'm sorry, what day did you say it was coming out? I think it comes out in November. I don't yeah, know the exact date. Think, yep, you're right. Yeah, it's cool, man. And I never played Hyrule Warriors. Um, I know it got kind of mixed reviews and stuff, but, but I don't know where Hyrule Warriors, the original one, kind of sits with the canon of uh, Zelda the Zelda universe anyway, or if it's like has a story that's pertinent to the world or not. So this one certainly is, which makes me a little bit more excited for it. Yeah. It's so I cannot believe that I'm excited for this game, but I am either going to get really into watching people stream it and play let's plays of it, or we'll be checking it out. Dude, this is a game like, I mean, couch co-op dynasty warriors and couch co-op like this is the year of me being reacquainted with my 16 year old self with Tony Hawk pro skater coming out the remake. And then if I got into Hyrule warriors and playing that like co-op online, I could totally see you and I jumping on there and oh, know, just like, giving it hell for a while. Bashing some Bacoblin heads. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Sounds like a good time. Maybe it's not a calamity right after all. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'll do it for our show today. Thanks, everybody, for joining the podcast this week. John, would you let people know where they can find you on the internet to keep up with you? For sure, man. You can find me at Johnny Samsonite. You can find the podcast Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. Well, you can find me and my newly minted Chicago Firefighters fandom since we were the champions of season five in Blazeball at mm-hmm. VG Occasion. You can see me just following closely along with this rumor of the possible necromancy story arc that's about to play out in season six. It's going to be so that sounds fun. I can't believe it. I was thinking about going off about this on the pod, but I'm going to hold it in. Um, (laughs) Please, please sign up for mostly normal monthly at our, our website. It'll be almost too late if you do it between now and Saturday or Sunday night, uh, because we're queuing it up to get sent out right away on Monday. And hopefully we'll be able to bring some mid-month levity to you with our 
are pontificating on some good gaming subjects through our new newsletter. Um, yeah. Otherwise, everybody go play some games. Have a great weekend. Thanks for coming by. Peace out. Bye. Bye.